Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's interview, we speak to the founder and CEO of Seedsman Seeds. Now, us here on High on Homegrown and over at Percy'sGrowRoom.com, we've been fans of Seedsman for a very long time, and we have done loads of grow-offs with Seedsman. They always have good strains, good genetics at good prices, and it's awesome to get Tom on the show and learn more about Seedsman. Uh, we talk about how Seedsman started, what made him start the company, how things are going now, what their plans are for the future. We talk about some of their top strains. It's a real good interview with loads of good information and you get to learn a lot about Seedsman Seeds themselves. So roll yourselves a fat one, get super high and enjoy this interview with Tom Rakes from Seedsman. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. There we go. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's good, mate. It's good. How are you? Yeah, all good. Thanks. Nice. Thanks for joining us, man. It's it's a pleasure to get you on the show, man. We we uh we love Seedsman Seeds, and we've been working with you guys for a long time. Uh, and you know, it's good to get the face of Seedsman Seeds on the show and chat to you for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's great to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me on. So you are Tom, the founder of Seedsman Seeds, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so founded Seedsman. Well, we started kind of setting up the business in 2002 and we launched kind of for sale of seeds in 2003. So, yeah, 20, 20 years ago, 21 years ago now. That's Ooh. crazy, man. Damn. Yeah, the, the, the majority, well, the majority of my adult life, it's been a, you know, a job of a job of passion. We've, we've had a great time doing it and, um, yeah, really enjoyed it and pleased that we're still here and in the industry as it starts developing further. Mm-hmm. And you're in Spain, right? So we're based between between a few different countries, actually. We set up originally in the UK okay. um, and then had various problems with kind of banking and all of that kind of thing over the oh, years. Gosh. So in 2014, we set up in Spain uh, where all of our big competitors were and me and my business partner had met in Spanish classes. So it was quite kind of apt that cool. we set up over there to, to make the most of um, Spanish culture climate and the like and and yeah now we have a presence also in the u.s and in south africa also nice nice because you guys are good man we always uh mention the like we've done shows specifically about where to get good seeds and shit and we always like to refer people to you guys because not only do you have good genetics but it's a good price as well you know for like just a few quid you can get real good genetics like your jack error the cbd cream and cheese there's loads of like my personal favorites but you can get from seedsman for cheap as fuck man and that's yes. different to most companies so our own range we started off back in the day actually our first load of seeds we bought was off a guy called sam the skunk man who okay. was also selling ah, yeah the flying dutchman at the time and we just came in as new entrants and thought fuck prices are really expensive and so we we went a bit lower uh, and then we learned quite quickly that cheap prices weren't necessarily the way to go because we had lots of people accusing us of selling fake Sam the Skunkman seeds, which just wasn't true. But mm. we have always tried to sell well-priced seeds and we have our own range that are on the kind of medium to low end. But then we also sell other brands that are higher priced. None of the ridiculously crazy prices, but we have a, you know, we have a real mixed range on seeds. And we're a, 
we're our own brand, but we're also a kind of supermarket. So we have lots of other brands from mm-hmm. Europe, from the US, and and a few from further afield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, a gr- great variety as well. Lots of good seeds you can choose from over there. It's just a real good website with you know everything you need to you know get seeds, man. Whether you want the real cheap ones, which are still good genetics, like I say. Yeah, yeah I mean we, we've done everything. Ones. We've done everything we can to characterize the seeds that we have in our own collection, keep offering good prices. We, we've had a few, and if any of your kind of um, followers are long-term clients of ours, we have had a few technical problems over the years. We find ourselves running an increasingly complex kind of technical setup, uh, and it is a kind of te- technology business in that way because we're an e-commerce business, and we've made a few fuck-ups over the years. Mm-hmm. We're just coming out of quite some quite big ones, Brexit coupled with setting up in the US has mean we've had a really complicated system and we haven't got everything right all the time. But we're now getting on top of things. The website's getting better and better. And we're now taking on a few more seed banks. We're taking on a few more strains ourselves. We're looking at different niche categories of of seeds to be selling. And that's always been something we focused on. You know, we were the first company to really to commercialize auto flowering genetics with low rider that we had mm. an exclusive distribution agreement with, and we're just constantly looking for, for new and innovative products. Damn. So you were the original guys with the, with the autos. That's cool. I didn't know that piece of Seedsman history. Yeah. So um, us and some Italian colleagues of ours who, who got the rights to Lowrider, I read about a short article in an old, very old magazine or newspaper called CC News, and thought that looks really interesting. And I come from a kind of marketing background. I thought that looks like something that's completely out of this, just completely different to normal. It was short. It was so quick for our kind of impatient society. It was manageable if you're in wheelchairs and things. I just thought this is good to market. It's really, it's an easy sell because it's so different and because it's so quick. Uh, and so we set about with these Italians of putting out lots of articles in various different um cannabis media online forums and the like advertising the 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 kind of exciting potential of lowrider back then it wasn't very potent and a lot of people had real issues with it they were very worried that it was going to completely screw up the gene pool um they were worried that it was wasn't potent enough and the like but we got a certain amount of people on and then you know that's crescendoed and you know to this day where most seed banks have um yeah, a lot of them have kind of half their catalogue as autos, or, and some of them are completely dedicated. Some of the biggest seed banks in the world, like FastBuds, Mephisto Genetics, completely dedicated to autos, and there's a real big mm-hmm. following for, for those brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mephisto are high quality, man. We've had Mephisto on the show as well. They're um, great guys, know. so we, we mm-hmm. kind of helped support them from the beginning. We'd love to nice. do more of their distribution. We still do quite a bit of it. Um, and then FastBuds as well um we distribute them we didn't take them on initially which they constantly remind me about i think first came <laughs> to me. um but now they're they're one of our biggest selling brands and they're super popular you know high performance auto varieties mm-hmm. so well, when you were back in the uk back in 2002 when you first started season what was it that encouraged you to start the business so we were just really interested in in um, the fact that you could sell seeds, the fact that it was legal to do so, although it's a kind of loophole that you could own, buy and sell the seeds but not grow them. Mm-hmm. We were cannabis enthusiasts. We were really interested by the genetics kind of around the world. At that stage, medical cannabis was a, a long way away. and We wanted to help. We looked at the market and we thought, you know, there's a few people selling. They're all selling fish food at these crazy prices, saying mm-hmm. it's fish food. And we're like, 
yeah, well, let's not do that. Let's take on some interesting genetics and let's sell them um, for genetic preservation. Let's try and um, circulate these genetics for a time when it is legal to grow them. Um, and yeah, so that's what we set about doing really with the focus of genetic preservation. So we took on Sam the Skunk Man seeds. We then took on some African varieties, Malawi Gold, Swazi Roybar, Durban Poison from a producer in Africa. And, you know, things grew from there. And then we, we came across the Lowrider. I think I was still a one-man band at that stage. And then Lowrider really helped grow the business. Is, you know, like I said, it was completely unique and it became quite quickly in big demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, man. And autos are huge now. They're all like uh, about a third of growers grow autos, I would say. Maybe even I think more. suddenly, yeah, on our sales, suddenly something like that. And I think it's possibly still growing. It's just the ease, the quality now has improved so much that they're on a par mm-hmm. with photo period genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so much quicker. You can get multiple harvests, a bit more discreet, yeah. um, easy to grow outside. Um, there's just so many good advantages to them. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think they're growing just... in popularity still. You're just saying that to the wife today. It's just like, you know, I think I prefer growing autos now. It's, it's just so fucking easy. Yeah. yeah and- you know, there's there's still a few people who, who, who hate them, but certainly not the same level as vitriol as we got at the beginning. You know, we did mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. quite a lot of abuse for selling these things. And I mean, I don't think entirely unfairly people, you know, new things always scare people. But they, um, they, but- they were like, I remember the first days of autos that had this one. It was a sweet mango or something like that. I don't think it was from seeds. It might have been sweet seeds. That's I can't remember exactly. That would have been. So we started, I think, selling in 2005 or six Lowrider. And it took a couple of years before people could um, successfully copy um, the auto flowering trait and breed it into other varieties. And mm-hmm. then we were quite quick on taking up some of the other brands. There was one at the time called Low Life Genetics. And there were various mm. quite early starting ones. And then the bigger seed banks started getting them on too. But there were a few fuck ups as well back in yeah. the day of, you know, mm-hmm. things not coming out auto when they were meant to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw a few issues. We managed to mostly avoid them ourselves because we knew the product better and who were the good su- suppliers and producers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there suddenly were back in those days, quite a lot of people who, uh, um, you know, thought they were getting a two month flowering strain and, and it ended up being yeah, and it's just like, why isn't this flowering <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah we still see those out there from time to time mm-hmm. occasionally they, they come out we we hear very little about it occasionally do and mostly these days if you put the lighting down you can trigger them uh, trigger them over mm-hmm. unless they're really badly produced yeah, but and that's less and less likely now. And it most of them are really reliable, and they end up to be high yeah. quality plants, man. The autos are good nowadays; very reliable plants. You, know, you as long as you get them from the good breeders, you know, just make sure you get good, good breeders. Shit. I think as as well as, as you've got to know a little bit about what you're doing with autos, because unlike a photo period plant that's going to last a longer season, if um, and and if you fuck it up, it's got longer time to to recover. With autos, if you screw them up or, you know, you repot them and things regularly, um, it can mess them up and you won't get it back so well. So you can end up with some really poor yields. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you, you want to get it right. You want to get it in the right size pot, ideally from the beginning in our experience. Right, mm-hmm. right. So you would recommend that people just start off their autos in the final parts and don't do any transplanting uh, at all? Yeah, that's what we'd suggest. Not too much repotting of of, of, of mm-hmm. autos and and just looking after them well in that first month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's it. And any mistake you make will take off you know, the time from the final yield as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That is just the few cons that you do get with autos. They're not perfect. They do have problems, but still, they are fucking high quality plants, man. I do love my autos. It's good shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and like I said, Mephisto, a, a good brand to look out for. Fast bud, I mean, fast buds, our own auto strains. There's another seed bank we're really keen on, I think, getting close to taking on called Night Owl Genetics, that used mm. to be, I think they used to produce for Mephisto, another really good, great, high quality American auto brand. Sweet. And then you've kind of, yeah, you've got Sweet Seeds and Barney's and all those others that, that have some pretty good strains too. Mm -hmm. yeah barney's got some good autos as well yeah we've grown like lots barney's. of barney's autos and dutch oh, yeah. passion's autos too we've grown yeah. lots of them yeah yeah and, and they've now started breeding in you know other cannabinoids as well so you've got cbd i think we, we have or had a cbdv one not a massive Ooh. seller but just put it out there for for some of the kind of people looking for more therapeutic application for cannabinoids yeah well um, you know if you're a lightweight like me because <laughs> i'm a real lightweight nowadays I've grown a CBD auto from Mephisto, the Aunt Ginny's Elixir, just yeah. because, you know, I want uh, want to be able to smoke some nice cannabis without getting wrecked off my face after three draws. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's, nice that, and I think, is increasingly important as the industry grows. Is is not just... We, we, the other thing that we were quite instrumental in, not quite as early on in, um, as probably the autos, but was, you know, we're not breeders. We're more marketing people that have lots of friends that are breeders. Um, was why is everyone always breeding for THC in those kind of late 2000s? It was all focused on THC. And we'd ask a lot of breeders, what, you know, why is no one looking at CBD or other cannabinoids? And then um, resin seed CBD crew kind of set up and started producing all these CBD varieties. And we quite quickly jumped on the bandwagon with those as they offered something a bit different, something therapeutic, something a bit lighter. And now obviously look at all the, applications for cbd i mean it's it's absolutely mm. everywhere mm. yep yeah man i mean and you've been running season for a long time man and you must have seen the business grow quite a bit do you think it's grown because the company gets more popular or because there's a lot more growers out there than there used to be uh, um so we've seen it grow we're actually having a, a bit of a shrink at the moment as i think a lot of well, if not all seed banks, I think are having a tightening up at the moment. And I'm not quite sure whether that's just um, post Corona or the econ economic climate, but yeah, we saw, you know, 20, 18, 19 years of growth. Uh, and that was from being, um, I think active, having the brand out there, you know, and just having years and growing year after year and picking up new products. But there's increasingly, there's um, less barriers to entry um and mm. it is it's it's a bit harder trading and staying on top of things so we're actually shrinking quite significantly this year um oh, but yeah we you know we had had lots of years ago so we're not too unhappy with things and we've just got to refocus uh shrink back down and, and refocus again and, and quite a lot of those problems were due to brexit moving seeds around we mm -hmm. we now try and use or uh, we do use phytosanitary certification wherever we can to move seeds internationally. Um, well, what does know, that mean? The, the, what was that word you just said there? Phytosanitary. So that's all plant health ah, stuff. So yeah. So when we're moving seeds from, from Europe to America, take mm -hmm. we take over a lot of the big brands over there. We move them over with plant health paperwork. So it's all done legally. We have a license in the US to import seeds um, mm -hmm. and we take them all over in their packaging and things. And there's just added costs of doing it the correct way. 
of course yeah. but i mean yeah. it's the right way to do things so yeah mm -hmm. it's you know it is the right way we started up in a gray market and we always wanted to see legalization although now we've seen the kind of glimpses of it it looks a bit scary yeah. um, and not, <laughs> not quite as fun but you know you've got to keep pushing on if you want to stay in the business you've got to keep on improving everything you do and that's from technology to the varieties you offer to how you operate to your cleanliness to your testing of seeds germination testing pest and pathogen testing uh whatever it might be so we're we're always looking at ways we can improve we'll never be um stationary there's just constantly um things to do and, and different ways that we can do better so is that something that seedsmen do you, yourselves because they said you, you're more marketing rather than uh making the seed yourself so, so we don't we, we kind of choose this we choose the varieties we work with we go to breeders with ideas we look through their their portfolios of, of genetics that they're able to produce and we will pick out what we want we'll characterize it we'll test it we'll pass it to um, a kind of network of test growers uh, and if it all passes all its tests then we'll release it for sale nice yeah and then with other brands that we sell we're looking for um uh, the quality of the seeds, how they produce them, what they're doing. We, we've got a kind of balance of seed banks who aren't necessarily producing all of their own genetics to breeders. And we're starting to make that a bit clearer on the website, who's breeding their own, who's buying them in and does a kind of good job of it. Uh, and just trying to bring a bit more clarity to the industry is we're finding increasingly um, there's a lot of bullshitters around, a lot of people mm. selling strains with, uh, different adding different names to them when they're not necessarily what they are it's not mm. our way of operating so we're just constantly trying to be more open and honest with the way we do things so we're going to start i think in the next week or so we'll start having coas up on all the strains we have them for not just pretty pictures but straight from the laboratories um, we already put reviews up on the site honest reviews we don't delete things um yeah and just trying to just keep that going we're also in discussions, uh, just early discussions with a laboratory in the US to start testing all the seeds for um, pests and pathogens and all these kind of things um, that can be detrimental to people's grow or to the genetics themselves and the output mm. they can produce, um, HPLV and all of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So does that add much to the price of the beans when you when they're all being tested like that? Um so germination testing doesn't we have a network of test growers who are kind of friends and people we provide free seeds to the mm -hmm. the, the pests and pathogen testing is going to cost a bit the phytosanitary when we're moving things suddenly costs a bit as seeds have to be tested and we have to use kind of um uh customs agents and the likes to ship things which add, which does add to the price we've tried to set that up as much as possible and not put our prices up too much but, you know, like everyone in the current climate with fuel prices have been going up, we have had to mm -hmm. shift our prices a little bit, but mm -hmm. we've tried to keep that uh, um, as gentle as we can for our clients. Mm -hmm. And still good prices on the seedsman beans, man. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, and we have got, we've got some brands that we sell also that are cheaper than ours. We've got quite a few at, at similar ranges and we've got quite a few that are higher, smaller batches and, and, and command a, higher price you know have more high compound genetics and those kind of um, players mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this whole Brexit thing as well, because you've mentioned Brexit a couple of times there. How did that affect you as a business? Because it's, it's been real difficult to get seeds into the UK for us uh, at Percy's Grow Room. It's not as easy as it used to be. And you expect all the packages to be opened and then to find all these seeds and put extra tax on. You're still getting things like that? What's it like running a business outside so, of the uh, UK? It suddenly added a, a, another layer of complexity. Is in we, we didn't want to ship seeds individually packaged to our customers in the UK. So we set up a warehouse um, in the UK. We stocked it very heavily before Brexit happened. Nice. We weren't sure about bringing seeds into the country um, and what the legal position was going to be entirely on that um and the kind of um, agricultural requirements we have now found that we can bring seeds into the country you know it's quite expensive to do it properly but now we have our warehouse and we're able to top it up over here so we mm. send all orders out to uk customers um from a warehouse in the uk and we top that up regularly from spain well that's good yeah, it's just one of them things that happened that made it difficult for a lot of people who were involved. In yeah, a lot of people. You, uh, you know, there's people who've had to shut down their businesses in other industries and things. You've got to really mm. feel for them. Um, it yeah. screwed a lot of people up. Um, yeah, I, um, probably we shouldn't go too deeply into that. It wasn't something that I necessarily voted for. Um, mm. It's one of those things we just had to, like everybody else, work with and, and find ways around. I suppose you say that the business is taking a step back now and it's not grown as much as it used to. So that, that's, uh, it's, it's that's just, been, it's just been tough. There's, there's a lot more competition in the U S oh. there's a lot of seed companies or online mm -hmm. websites that are selling, they're buying seeds incredibly cheaply. Uh, they're putting them out, you know, they'll buy a few different varieties and then suddenly they've got hundreds on their websites. They're not what they are, not what they're yeah, sold as or produced mm -hmm. as, and they're very good at marketing. And that's mm. quite difficult to compete with because they're also making very, very good margins. Um, so when you're competing for affiliates, advertising spaces, et cetera, it, it gets quite tough. Mm. Um, plus, yeah, a few errors that we've definitely made on our own end. But we're we're there and we're, we're actually rebuilding. We, we were working with some partners in the US who are now uh, sadly having legal problems with. And we set up our own warehouse um, a few months ago and we're now massively improving our speed of getting stuff out in the US. So we're getting orders to people in, I don't know, three to five days in the US. Uh, they're getting sent out. The orders are getting processed within 24 hours generally. And people are really responding really well to that. So I think we're, mm. we're, we're back on the way up after some tricky times. Um, and the website's getting, getting better and better. Um, like I said, they're going to be bringing COAs in there, a lot more information, we're going to have a range, a new range of seeds that we're bringing in from a few different suppliers um, that are a bit niche, but I think they're quite interesting. And I hope people pick them up. They're kind of mutant varieties. So I don't know if you've seen the um, freak show and all the kind of strains like that. Yeah, so I think yeah, yeah. Are cannabis, but don't fucking look like cannabis, mm -hmm. um, which we find, you know, people just like doing things a bit different sometimes, especially if they're growing outdoors and have a bit of space. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So if the neighbors it's see it, fun. it's a bit of fun, yeah. really. You know, nothing that's going to be massive yielding. You know, we have so many clients that just love growing this, growing these plants, and they love seeing how they grow. They love feeding them. They just love that whole process, like mm -hmm. you get with any other plant. Really, it's really, really therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, we're just constantly trying to find new things that will be of interest to them uh, and that will will sell well. So, do you grow yourself, or do you do any growing in Spain? 
Uh, I'm actually based in the UK still, so I oh, don't. Okay. I don't know myself. I have done. I have done in the past, but I've always um, been been pretty careful on it. And yeah. and I don't. I, as a mainstream, I don't grow. I've kind of always been waiting for the day that either um, since I'm no longer running seedsman, I'm big into gardening. I I've, I grow a lot of vegetables and other things, but I'm right. pretty cool. cautious on cannabis as I've been so focused on the business mm. and me getting carted off by the five O is. Um, is not going to be so good for business. So, but you know, um, mate, all publicity is good publicity, you know. <laughs> not if they take the whole seed stock. It's not. Um, yeah, very true. Yeah, there's quite know? a lot of risk. There's quite a lot of risk for people selling seeds if they're growing them as well. So, mm-hmm. I've just been on, and also I've got two two young kids. So I've just been yeah, on the yeah. portion. That's, that's the biggest. One I know the feeling, man. I'm here in the UK and I grow my own, and that's why I can't show my face. This is why you get this lovely avatar instead of my face. You know, you you, you just can't be too careful, can you? No, Especially exactly. when you have. You've got to know your position. You've mm-hmm. got to know your position. You've got to know the risks. And, and if you're willing to take them on, you take them on. For me, you know, the risk, see, it's just selling seeds and some of the stuff we've done over the years has had enough risk with it. Actually, we mm-hmm. de-risk hugely. We looked at um, when Dynafem, the company Dynafem, had their problems and shut down. Oh, we had a look yeah. at the way we were operating our business and, and we, we changed it significantly because things weren't always being done as well as they could have been. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about that whole Dynafem thing. That kind of swept under the rug. Yeah, so did, you guys didn't get involved in that, or you were sort Well, they were so. they were clients and suppliers of ours, um, but we, you know, they were taking a lot more risks than we were. They were, um, you know, they weren't hiding themselves away. They were very forthright with what they were doing. They were very popular, actually, in their local area. And I mm. think knew, you know, the police knew of them, and they were very active um but something large happened that came from central government in madrid um that stopped their business dead in its tracks um and that's still like that's still a process that's going on i think they're in going through like whatever part of the kind of police and courts that deals with terrorism and stuff they're going through the nastiest experience from what i hear Mm -hmm. it's these ridiculous things that we have to jump through as cannabis companies you have to have to be so careful just to make sure that you don't you know do the wrong thing because yeah. you can just all go crumbling down so quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the key thing for us has always been is, you know, make sure that we are paying our taxes, make sure that we're running a business, keeping our clients happy and doing things to the best level you possibly can. And if mm-hmm. you do take risks, you've got to be aware of the consequences and work out whether they're worthwhile. Um, yeah, like I said, though, we've got to stage now. Our main market is in the US where it's now legal to sell seeds under the yeah. 2018 farm bill we're able to import them legally um so you know we're doing and we have a license to import we have a license to sell um so we we can sleep a lot easier at night these days nice nice that's good man you know stress and all that shit yeah exactly you know especially when you've got kids and young family you, you don't want mm-hmm. to be your, your work stress coming into your family life too much which you know it still does occasionally but the more you can reduce that, the better. You know, I started the business as quite a young man, like 23, 24, um, with not a worry in the world at the time. And now I'm mm-hmm. 44 and, um, you know, you want to worry about other things like what your kids are getting up to and, you know, yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff. You got a lot of stuff, though. Do you, do you over? You just watch over things to make sure it's getting done okay, or are you still hands yeah, on involved? We, we've had to sadly had to cut back a little bit this year and last year, and um, oh, 
Um, but that happens. That happens in a lot of business. I was speaking to another friend yesterday who runs a big seed company in Spain, and he was going, you know, they were one of the biggest. He's like, yeah, we nearly had to shut down. We've lost a lot of sales. Wow. And I think it's a theme in the industry at the moment. Um, and he goes, yeah, you know, I had to let go of some of my staff. Some of them are really close friends. They've been with me for ages. But sadly, that's just business. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have to do that to keep keep going. And that's any business. It, it's It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and we don't like it, but you have to do it. So we, we've shrunk down. We're looking increasingly at our processes and how we can be more efficient with the way we do things. And that's, you know, through really boring things like how you store things in storerooms, how your pickers and packers are moving around those storerooms um, so that they're doing, you know, getting as many orders out as quickly as possible mm -hmm. um, in the day without you kind of running them into the ground. There's always ways to improve without necessarily making people work harder. It's just making them work more efficiently. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. I wasn't expecting to hear that so many seed companies are having problems the way that you are, because we've seen the legalization of uh, growing in a lot of places in the USA and, and in Canada as well. You would have thought that the seed companies were going to be doing very well. I don't know. Whether so, that's just there's more people around and mm -hmm. there's more competition, you know, yeah, when mm -hmm. we set up getting banking and credit card processing was really hard. We had to be really creative with how we accepted payments. Um, mm. That's no longer the case, which lets some other players in, big players in. Um, yeah, so I think it's just got trickier. And I think in some ways, I don't know why in Europe it's contracted a little bit the market because I don't think huge amounts of people have stopped growing because they're getting legal medical cannabis. They may be true to a mm. small extent. Um, but yeah, just something shifted since, you know, we we looked at the years of Corona, which was good for every online business and cannabis seed businesses, and everyone had a good couple of years. Um, and then you kind of take those out. You don't look at those figures for those two years because they were so weird. But if you go mm. to pre-Corona levels, I think a lot of seed companies are, are down prior to, prior to that. Well, maybe it's because over COVID, loads of people bought like a, a nice collection of seeds and now they're still just growing those seeds. It's going to be a couple yeah, of years before be, it goes or, back to normal, you know, you know? I think the other thing was with Corona is people either started, you know, drinking heavily or they gave up drinking and smoking mm. and things like that and started being mm -hmm. a bit more he healthy. I don't know, but it, it, it seems like things have changed a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I think also competition. I think there's also... A lot of people selling um, uh, through kind of Facebook, through oh, yes. Telegram, through all of those places. I don't know how much they kind of steal of, of our business. I mean, as long as they're sending out good quality product, good luck to them. There's quite a <laughs> lot of shifting ones out there. So if any say, actually, we're just setting up a Telegram channel, but the previous Telegram channel that's been <laughs> called Seedsman for many for a couple of years that we haven't been able to shut down is um, is not us. There's a lot of fakers and a lot of scammers out there. Oh, so. lame. Uh -huh. Yeah, so be careful of that, everybody. If you're on Telegram and you're in the Seedsman thing, then that's not really Yeah, I, just, I think just in general is be careful buying on things that aren't websites. Generally, if you're looking at a website, mm -hmm. look and see if it's got a company details down at the bottom of the homepage, which, is, which it should have. Um, and if you've got those details, generally, if there's any problem, there's a company that's answerable at the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, on all our websites have our details at the bottom and, and customer service. Not all websites do because there's still a few cloak and dagger ones. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't entirely mean they're not sending out seeds or not sending out good quality seeds, but 
Um, if you want someone to be answerable, check there's a company name at the bottom of the page, generally is what we suggest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing to look for, man. Just go, there's so many fraudsters out there nowadays, man, and scammers. It's fucking everywhere, isn't it? I think in everything, in everything, in every line. We had another business for a bit that was selling other products, and we we kind of we hadn't quite shut it down. We were getting towards it, and then we suddenly found out that our identity had been stolen. Some kind of directory page we had had been nicked, and this guy was charging. You know, he was using our name. I was sent an invoice with all our logo and stuff on it, wow. and then his bank details on the second page. And Damn. um. You know, there's so many of these people in all industries um, circulating and, and stealing money left, right and centre. Damn, that's some fuckery, man. Yeah. And that's and, uh, just you know, happening police, more and more. Mm. More and more online and the police are so powerless to, to stop it. Yeah, and when you're in this kind of uh, line of business as well, you're a bit hesitant to go and contact the old bit about things, isn't it? Well... You are, and we've had a couple of situations where we're like, all right, you know, we were robbed at one stage, a large amount of seeds. Um, and I, I was actually in Spain at the time, but it was like, all right, God, do we tell the police? It's like, well, we do have insurance. Um, if we want to get the insurance payout, we've got to have the police on. Mm. And, you know, actually the police, they weren't really interested at all in our product. They gave us a, a crime reference number. Um, and eventually we got our insurance. But, um, yeah, it, it did terrify me at the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just more of the things that we have to deal with in this kind of business, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we had, we had, did have those insured. Although the insurance company then tried to pull a quick one on us and say they didn't know what they were insuring, um, which was a bit thick, as I had several emails showing them, telling them what it was. <laughs> um, but I guess again, maybe they were trying it on because the industry and they didn't think we'd fight them, so we obviously went to lawyers and I think they had, had to do. They would People do that always... regardless of industry. That's what insurance companies do. Yeah. Yeah. Ourselves, especially as that the guy ran the insurance company was a friend of a friend, and that's why I think they originally used them. Pretty ridiculous. Oh, right. Yeah. God damn. But when it comes to Seedsman, uh, you, your own brand of seeds. Yeah. Uh, how do you go about getting those strains? Because I've noticed the ones I've all, always grown up, I've never had bad beans from Seedsman's own brand, man. And it... So we look, we've got a kind of network of, of, of breeder. Uh, they're all friends, I would say, um, that we've met over the, over the last 21 years. Um, and generally we're looking for characteristics or cannabinoid profiles. Um, and we'll generally go to our suppliers. We normally work with one or two, and it can change from time to time. We're having a little bit of a shift at the moment to more U.S. breeders. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll go to them with with kind of requirements for, for strain types, or sometimes we go, you know, the CBD cream and cheese, we were really keen on a one-to-one -one variety, as we mm -hmm. really believe in that. that for, fucking for I love that strain. That strain is so fucking good. Yeah, Delicious. Yeah, we chop and change our rice a bit, but that's suddenly one that we plan on keeping long term. It's really delicious. It's really vigorous, uh, high in both CBD and THC, and just really suitable for anyone with um, you know aches and pains and things that will um, benefit from THC and CBD. Well, anybody who just enjoys cannabis, man, I recommend it to everybody. You, you really have to try that strain. It's incredible. It's in my collection. Yeah. I just haven't popped yet, you know, but it'll get there. Mm -hmm. and then you know we've and then we've also you know we'll fight you know our white widow has been a staple diet and there's a bit of a what we call an heirloom variety but it's nice. been really popular over the years and is a great producer 
occasionally we have to drop varieties that sell really well and suppliers have issues or sometimes we have suppliers that disappear on us you know they have legal problems or whatever it might be uh, mm -hmm. and you know if we can't get more stock we can't get more stock and we're not just going to repackage a variety um, mm -hmm. from someone else as the same strain as, as some other seed banks do that's not our style yeah, so we right. will discontinue varieties if that happens um, and then you know we go there's a few rarer cannabinoid ones. We generally go to some breeders in Spain who who, who sell seeds. So we have a THCV variety called Diet Durban, Ooh, um, really? uh, which is, I think it's a one-to-one -one, um, THCV to, to THC. So if you want to wow, THCV is, is a very good diet suppressant. So instead of giving you the munchies, it'll stop you from being hungry. Mm -hmm. You usually see THCV like really low percentage as well, like less than 1%. Right? This is, yeah, this is, I think, between four and eight. We've seen it up to eight. Ooh. And this uh, is available so not... already. You can buy them beans now. Yeah, those are on the site. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Uh, I haven't bought seeds in a long time, but I might have to now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, recently we've just, re we've just launched some new auto varieties um a skittles a juicy skittles variety a gorilla candy from one of the breeders we work with uh and then we were a bit slow to the bandwagon but we didn't have any that were producing we wanted to increase our yield so we released um what we call a cali critical mass that is a, a, yeah. a critical mass strain which have always been um really top top yielders is that the one of the ones we're doing on the grow off over at percy's monkey uh the cali it critical is yes and the uh runt stoned cowboy Mm -hmm. Those are the yeah, we're growing those over in the grow-off over at PersisGrowing.com. That should nearly be over it's very soon, actually. It's been a, a while since we've been running that one. How have they been getting on with them, do you know? Well, there was a, there was an initial error with uh, packaging. Yes, which, the Runstone uh, Cowboy. Yeah, uh, I can't remember which strain it was, because we always have so much going on over at Percy. It was Runstone Cowboy. Was it right? Because yeah. yeah. they were supposed to be auto, but they didn't auto. And it, it was just a packaging issue rather than a genetics issue. Yeah, there was a there was a, a fuck up on our end of that, which should not yeah. have happened. It won't happen again. No, but shit happens, doesn't it? Shit, that's the way it goes sometimes, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But with our, our checks, it shouldn't happen, and it? Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, we're doing more uh, grow-offs everywhere. So really keen to keep going with you guys. So when you've done that, let do let us know. We'd love to get some more in with you. Yeah, sure. Also, we're, we're starting to focus a bit with some US breeders we're working with, a group called um, Atlas Seed on oh, some yeah. fast or uh, what we call fast or early varieties is my preferred name for them, um, that can grow really well and, and finish really early um in in outdoor climates um for those with kind of poorer weather so cool. we're selling a lot of those in the u.s in the kind of north u.s where where the um winter comes in a bit quicker um and they need to be finished in in september or beginning of september nice and we were just speaking to jorge over the weekend and i think he mentioned atlas seeds as well didn't he monkey so we yeah. we work very closely with with jorge jorge yeah is, yeah um, mm -hmm. he's a good friend of ours so we put him in touch with those guys and he knows them he knows them well now Nice. They're great. They have a farm up in Sonoma County. Um, they do all their own breeding from uh, IBL stock, inbred lines, producing F1 hybrids, and they produce other seeds. So they produce, they grow pumpkins and lots of other vegetables and stuff. And they come, I think a couple of them come from the wine industry. Uh, a couple of them come from a kind of farming background. And then they've come joined together on a love of, a love of cannabis. Um, mm. And they really know what they're doing and they do it at scale 
they do a lot of outdoor production and testing um and just you know they're, they're breeding to the the best level possible for the for the way they're doing it nice we're going to have to try to get them on the show. I think that would be an interesting conversation. I'll speak to Jorge and get him to hook us up. I can definitely get them on the show for you, actually. We're, we're helping them um, a bit with their marketing. And so they're, they're doing all over that. Oh, yeah. Sweet, yeah, so it's out time. Let's get these guys on the show so we can... Anyone anyone you want who's on our website or who you think we might know, I'd be more than happy to pass them your way. No problems. I'll send you a list after the meeting. <laughs> please do. Honestly, please do. That, that That's our job, really. We are... Like I said, we're marketing and service people with a speciality in, in cannabis genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so helping other seed banks, we don't really see it as competition, especially if they're on our own website as well. Mm-hmm. We, we like supporting people and, you know, scratching their backs and they scratch ours. That's how it works for us. This industry. Yeah, I think it's pretty nice. sweet how you guys, you know, you got your own your own brand of seeds, the Seedsman stock. But then you also do sell loads of seeds from other seed banks and breeders as well which it's cool man it's, well, there's just so much variety available over there that's the key for us when we started is, is we always wanted variety because um if you are looking as we set out to do is looking at the kind of cannabis gene pool um you want to have a diverse gene pool over hybridization isn't good for it so we sell uh you know two of the seed banks we sell although one we stopped for a bit and it's just about to come back is called the real seed company who collect land race varieties from the wild. We've then started... Well, that was you know, Angus, see... right? That's Angus. Angus, exactly. You've had yeah, him on, cool. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's been on the show a couple of times. Good mm-hmm. guy. Good yeah, guy. I mean, he, he really knows his stuff. So we stopped with him a while ago around Brexit because of problems with moving seeds around. And we're about to restart with him. Another company called Land Race Warden, a uh, Scottish guy called Kyle um, Esplin, who, who does that with, with some um, other people in Pakistan um and you know the thing for us is is having authentic land race varieties not just finding you know a really strong um sativa variety and naming it whatever sativa land race you you want mm. is we want the the real deal um right because that's what we sell to our customers yeah man and that's it good genetics right and real genetics Real, we, uh, yeah, that's the key uh, the authenticity and and that's really how we're trying to cut ourselves apart from people now is to to really stamp over that authenticity of genetics and and of the information that we give over so like i said we're going to have coas of all the products that we have them for of our own brand and of others and not to say that 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 is a kind of foolproof technique not everyone is going to achieve you know we're showing off the best possibility for the variety and different labs have different calibrations and the like so take it all with a pinch of salt don't expect to get if it's Purple Ghost Candy, that's one of our really popular strains that we've had up to 27%. Don't expect that, but just take it as a as a top level of what you can do. And for the really mm-hmm. good growers, they may even go above these things, but not everyone should expect it. But it's just giving you a bit more information of what we've managed to do with these these things and what our test growers have done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good, man. It's good. You know, it's it's a guideline pretty much. Anyway, you buy these seeds, the phenotype will be different yeah. from each seed to seed. So it's always just it's a guideline, a guideline that is genuine, though. Is what you mm. again? I don't mean to slag off others, but you'll find a lot of seed banks now will just put you know thirty three percent with no calibration on that. They've done no testing. Mm-hmm. They just want to sell the variety, can, and yeah. they know putting thirty three percent on it's going to do that. That's not our style. We want to have um correct information behind it and correct information taken by our customers in the right way oh nice. good 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 i'd like to ask a question on that one then right there because this happens a lot over our site uh 
we, we always have the question about, okay, when it says eight week flowering time, is that eight weeks from when I flip the lights or is that eight weeks from when I first see the buds form? Uh, that's a good question. It should be from when you first see the buds buds form, I would say. Right. Finally. Yeah. I, I, that's oh, I would I've agree. Forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, some can be a bit slower than others. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's two weeks. Sometimes it's two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> sometimes it's yeah. three, sometimes almost four, but it all depends. Yeah. And and again, you know, the varieties can vary according to setup a little bit. So uh, be careful with what you're reading on varieties. Know the websites and what and what they're saying. And, and don't feel worried about asking the websites, um, you know, what they're, what they're basing those things on. There is... Mm. Um, a term that I've become more familiar with. We've, we've had a plant scientist working on our team for some time, a guy called Dr. Gary Yates, who wrote um, the most recent book with, with Jorge Cervantes, who's been on our payroll. Sadly, he's leaving, but he will talk quite a lot about what's called phenotypic plasticity. And this is how mm -hmm. um, phenotypes can vary according to their environment. So one grow room to another can be quite different um, and so you won't always see uh, plants that look identical, although the genetics can be the, the same. And from seed, they will always vary a little bit, but you could have the same phenotypic plasticity with a clone as well. Not yeah. every um, a clone will grow the same in, in different environments, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They'll have different, I think it's uh, called genotypic expression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the whole nature nurture thing, isn't it? The, the, the environment matters as well. The, you know, if it's warmer, yeah. colder different things are going to happen you know just the way the plant drinks and you know the whole vpd thing some plants will consume more food than others because of the humidity in the room and lots of things need to be taken into consideration like we have different metabolisms you know but mm -hmm. you're eating three burgers and me three eating three burgers i'm going to put on weight and you might not it, it, you mm -hmm. know we're all different and plants the same you know but the plants won't be like, I've got an underactive thyroid, you know? <laughs> no, it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, man. And when you come to the uh, the strains from Seedsman as well, what, what would you say was your most popular? Do you keep figures like that? How many seeds you've sold? Yeah, we do. Strain? At the moment, the, the Purple Ghost Candy has been a, a really popular strain for us. I think one of the things is people are still looking for high THC and and and, and it's got a really interesting mm. terpene profile and grows very vigorously. Um, some of the old classics, Blue Dream, Blue Dream Fast, uh, we got a Bubba cheesecake we released quite recently that's selling really well. And then suddenly, you know, you'll suddenly find other varieties that we'll give out to influencers or test growers that will get really good results. And if they're circulating well, we've got Alaskan purple that's been a really strong variety mm. for some time because it's just super vigorous. Doesn't have a kind of fancy Californian name or anything. Um, but people that have seen photos of it, consistent photos of it growing really well, um, really enjoy it and respond well to that nice what about the jack error because the jack error was a big favorite of mine man i uh i did a lovely grow of that before in a scrub and it was just fucking one of my most favorite grows man it was beautiful strain yeah. to grow beautiful to smoke it was just you know great all around i love the jack error from seedsman jack error has always been a really popular one actually we still sell i think some of our more popular ones are the, are the really kind of yeah, heirloom ones traditional ones Northern Lights Auto, the Jack Herrera, the White Widow. Sadly, we lost um, the original Skunk Number One that was a big seller for many, many Oof. years. It was one of the first varieties we took on uh, from Sam the Skunk Man. 
um mm -hmm. that was really popular there's another um auto that is super popular with us and we've had some amazing results um, from it which is strawberry cheesecake auto um you can see that some of the pictures on our site that was from one of our test growers that have just had phenomenal results mm -hmm. really yeah, good there's so much really, really crystally buds uh, how many strains do you guys have now like as the seasonal variety We've got about, I think, about sixty-five at the moment. Um, and every year we we add a few more on, and we take a few more, a few more off the bottom. Really, um, mm -hmm. yeah, a load of peyote lines, peyote forum. We've got a, um, if you like the kind of one-to-one -one strains, there's a peyote Wi-Fi two-to-one strain and CBD to THC, which um, you know, again, people who want something a bit more gentle really, really like and nice. really tasty variety. Are you going to be doing anything or do you already have something that has uh, THC, CBD and THCV in it? Um, I, so we got to the, the diet turban, which is THCV and THC. I'm not aware yet of, of um, people haven't been able to breed CBD and THCV in. Um, we do work with these guys in Spain who focus heavily on these minor cannabinoids uh, or the kind of rarer cannabinoids, but they haven't, come up with anything yet and i haven't inquired they're not the best selling varieties those kind of rare cannabinoids we like to have them because we don't mind so much if they don't sell so well we just buy accordingly um but we like to have that in for the for more you know therapeutic kind of people looking for something a little bit different that might help with aches and pains or spasms or whatever it might be there's another um purple kush cbd auto that we sell that's a one-to-one -one variety that is 100 percent consistent with its purple coloration and, and people really Sweet. love that nice and i really like those strains man those um the one-to-one -one strains the cbd thc strains you know but i think, it's as, personal I think opinion, as you get older they become more attractive i think a lot of uh, the market really like you know high thc these things that are sometimes look like they've been quite overfed but should throw some amazing colors and do look amazing mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of that i think is down to the feed re regime mm -hmm. um whereas this purple kush is, is not down to feed it's down to the genetics and it's mm -hmm. it's 100 purple nice got a lot of that anthocyanin in it and that's what it's called right that purple hormone. yes i think that's right I... yeah very cool man yeah. there's so many strains which have grown from season that i've been impressed with it's uh I think I've grown more seedsmen than anything else, you know. <laughs> That's a Good. lot, man. Mm. Good. Well, you know, we 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 do put them kind of forefront on our website, but like we said, you know, we said that we have so many other strains as well um, and love selling stuff from other seed banks. But we, we also know our products better than anyone else's. Um, and we know where they come from. We know how they're produced. We know what they throw. We know the different phenotypes. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and that's really our job not as because we're not producing them ourselves is really to make sure when we're selling them because we haven't produced them that we know about them so we we will push everything that we sell through test growers first we'll mm. get um good details from the breeder but then we'll test test them all heavily first nice it's the way to do it man and when you get these certificates of authenticity up on the website with the strains as well people can go see that you know, th these kind of things is what sells the seeds, the the more knowledgeable growers. You know, people like to see this kind of stuff to see what the parents were and how yeah, long it's been taken. You know, accurate information. The idea, you 
the idea for us really is if we can get those more knowledgeable growers on side, happy with our service and our products, that they're the kind of tastemakers. They're the people that bring in actually the beginner growers of the starters. Mm. Um, they're the ones that educate people on where to go and, and, and what to what to grow. They're the mm. tastemakers, so to speak. So they're really important uh, bunch of people to have respect from. <laughs> anyway, how's it going on on your forum? What what are people into there? Are you, are you noticing any any kind of new trends or anything? Uh, no, not really. We've noticed that everybody's moving over. We, I think we've just got our last grower, Billy Bonds, off HPS. I think everybody on our site is growing under LED now, which is a good thing to see. Can't say yeah. that for hundred percent, but I think mostly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, the, every now and then mm. you see an old one get pulled out, but mostly, nah. Technology yeah. moves on. Yeah, man. Remember the days when LEDs were just uh, probably just a bit uh, like a low rider, weren't they? Frank yeah, that's and... it, pretty much. You know, growing a low rider underneath a, an Epistar <laughs> diode exactly. LED. You remember those days? And it was like, what the fuck is that purp- purpley shit? God damn, yeah. how things have changed. But would Seedsman ever get into anything like that, like um, the, the equipment on the side of growing? So we, we've kind of thought tents. about it over the years, and we tried for a bit actually to get into the vape market, um, and we didn't do it very successfully. We right. tried it with CBD, and we didn't do it very successfully. It's a completely different ball game. Um, and so, no, I think that there's a few other things that we might go into that are more um directly related to our kind of clients needs for you know potentially trimming scissors and mm. and that kind of stuff um we, okay. we also now work um we do all the logistics and marketing for a company called thtc i don't know if you know those guys no i don't know I clothing so hemp clothing okay cool so they do a lot of um yeah hemp t-shirts hemp hoodies and things like that um which we love you know they're really comfortable very well yeah, made Mm-hmm. sustainable gav who runs thtc is is um um very kind of into the hip-hop and music scene so he's got a lot of really interesting connections with um some quite kind of cool people uh, and so when he was having some tough times we we got involved with him and now we do all the logistics and help him with the websites and stuff sure. and he does all of our um all of our merchandise yeah, so all of the seedsman clothing is all, you know, at minimum, I think, 55% hemp, um, 45% organic cotton or something like that. Uh, so we've got a whole load of T-shirts and, and hoping to build that range out more as, as it starts selling. There's another guy we got to get on the show. That would be cool to speak to. I get Gav easy. You'd love him. He's a great, great guy. Sweet. British, English-based. And, yeah, he you know, he knows all these cool people. He's very good at getting his clothing on to hip-hop drum and bass stars all of those kind of guys uh, <laughs> nice. and spent his whole time milling around festivals and music nights um yeah getting his clothes out there so he's got a lot of good friends in the music industry nice cool man that's pretty sweet there's a, a question i meant to ask as well i keep forgetting to ask it but uh a few months ago it might have been like six months ago i can't remember how long specifically but anyway uh seedsman sent out a newsletter to everybody explaining like the germination process and because you must get a lot of people message you and be like, Oh, these seeds didn't pop, even though they're souvenirs, they're not supposed to pop them. Yeah. Well, (laughs) so in the US we, we take it on board a bit more. And, and so we, we were sending out a lot of uh, replacement seeds and it Mm -hmm. was getting to the point where people were taking the piss. Mm -hmm. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, we test all the, all the seeds um, before we place them for sale 
um, through our test growers and the like, and we, we make sure they're over 90%, 95% viable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were just getting way too many. So we had a bit of a change on the policy um, to cut back on those try, trying it out and, and yeah. cut back on the kind of repeat offenders. Mm-hmm. Um, where possible, we give better information on, on best methods of germination. And mm-hmm. we will, if we think we've got genuine people with problems, we will find a way to to make it up to them. But we just had to tighten up a little bit on that. And I think a lot of seed banks have as well. As Yeah, I think it was like a I good said. thing, man. Because like you say, there's going to be lots of people out there who their seeds might pop just fine, but they'll message and say that they didn't. It's like, and they mm. just get more free seeds. I think there's it was also, a good move. You know, the mm. thing, we know that the seeds are viable. We're, we're fully confident with that. Um, so a lot of the time it can be user error, beginners and the like. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although you want to help them and make sure that they get it right, um, it comes to a point where you're paying too much to do that. And so you've got yeah. to reassess it. So we had a bit of a reassessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we think we, we haven't had any kickback on that. So we, we, we think customers are still happy with us um, and still getting good results. And, and now we've sped up delivery actually everywhere, really, in the UK, in the US. People are getting their seeds a lot quicker and that generally makes them a lot happier. And I think maybe more attentive, actually, when they're getting seeds mm-hmm. earlier than they thought they were. You know, if you go away for a day and you're germinating, you suddenly come back and they're an inch long, you've slightly fucked up the process. And people do that. You know, we all run mm-hmm. lead busy lives. And if you're not fully attentive, you can have problems. Yeah. And if you do have problems and they're germinating, it's not entirely our responsibility to sort them out. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people will easily just uh, blame the breeder or the seed bank rather than looking at their own techniques and realizing that it was yeah. error. You know? Very yeah. keeping it too wet, whatever they're doing, yeah. That's it, man. And there's always lots of help. You can always come to com and ask for help on how to properly germinate seeds before you actually do it so you can get yeah. the best results, you know? And we won't make fun of you either, you know? Yeah, that's right. No, we exactly. That, that, that's a really good point is not making fun of, of anyone. There's always beginners out there who haven't a clue what they're doing. You know, we've all been mm-hmm. beginners at something. Oh, yeah. That's and right, not man. knowing what we're doing. And it's really important that you ask questions and don't feel embarrassed. And there will be so there'll always be some arsehole or try and make you embarrassed. You've got to ignore them and and learn. Yeah. And, and not on Percy's. We ban those guys. We don't have any yep. dicks over it. We have a magic button that takes care of those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good. It's important and, to have one of those buttons, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I have killed so many seeds in my time. If anybody wants to try and catch me up, good for them, man. But <laughs> shit, you know, I am in no place to be mocking anybody. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not you over know. there. They're not over there posting to be mocked. They're over there trying exactly. to get help. So what the hell, exactly. you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And do you guys have lots of kind of medical people going for medical purposes on your forums? How, how uh, does it look on your kind of? I'm medical. Yeah, we do really, yeah. Sorry, monkey. No, I said I'm medical, so I'm one of them. Yeah, we have lots of them over there. Mm. Yeah, uh, at least at we least fifty percent. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, we did a survey of our customers. It was a, too long ago now. We should do a new one, but it was something like sixty-five percent of the people that replied, and we had fourteen thousand people that replied. Um, said they were growing in some capacity for med- medical um, purposes. And that yeah. really opened our eyes to things, actually. It made us like, fucking hell, because um, mm. we weren't expecting that. We, we kind of knew it was an important part of our client base, but we didn't quite realize it was that high. Yeah. Um, and we got some amazing other comments. Um, you know, we you have on these surveys, you do a load of kind of things that you limit the answers to four, a selection of four, but then we give some open-ended answers. And just the passion running through so many of our clients of how they just love their plants they go and 
water them, feed them, talk to them, mm -hmm. nourish them, get nourishment from them. It was just mm -hmm. this, you know, just complete display of of, of passion for for yeah. horticulture. And it didn't really to a lot of them. It didn't really matter that they were cannabis plants or well, there were other plants. They were just really benefiting from growing things. We hear this so much, man. It's uh, same for me, same for monkey. Most mm -hmm. people who grow, it's like it's not just about you know the end product of having loads of nice, yeah. delicious cannabis at the end. It's the actual process we, of growing that's therapeutic to people. Yeah, and we we had a few people. I think it was more than one or two that were saying they felt guilty at the end when they were killing the plants. That's <laughs> why you don't name your plants. You do that's not right. Don't them name them. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. rule number one. Exactly. I used to get it like that, but you know, it's it's their purpose in life, and they are fulfilling exactly. their purpose they're, and they're, chop them down. Yeah, they're annual plants. They're gonna they're mm -hmm. gonna die. They have to die. Um, and, but it's yeah. it's nice that people have that connection with the plants. You know, it's people no, appreciate exactly. them we, a little we just more. Learned, we learned so much from that survey. with some just some really beautiful answers that it was just I, I can we always kind of suspected it, but it was just really eye opening. It's some really long kind of like essay like answers of this display mm -hmm. of just intense. Um, passion of of actually what it did for people's mental health that process of, of mm -hmm. growing of cultivation of nurturing it was mm -hmm. yeah really inspiring when you get answers to that question uh do you grow recreational or medical when you get the answer to recreational because well i just want to smoke a little on the weekend when i get home because it makes me relax nah you're using it for medical purposes it's helping you relax it's a stress exactly. reducer so a lot of people, yeah. not you know, some people who only think that they're using it recreationally, actually, it's helping them along in their life. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's a good thing like that. I mean, and, and seedsman is is definitely helping all of us do that stuff like that. I've grown a lot of your stuff and everything. I've like just like Mackie says, I haven't grown anything that I regret popping. So by yeah, all yeah. means, good, good stuff. Really, yeah. We don't stuff. want people to think that we're just saying that because you know, seedsmen do grow offs over on Percy's and you're on the show and things like that. We genuinely mean it. You know. These high quality seeds, man, for good prices over at Seedsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good place to go and buy your seeds from for sure. Yeah. Thank I bet you. you. I bet you this, the, the, uh, your seed, the seed bank is quite different though when it opened up versus now with the numbers of, of different breeders and stock and all the different choices you have now versus when you first opened. Mm. Yeah. So when we first opened, we had, I think, about 17 different varieties, all from sam the skunk man i think they were all regular back in the day Ooh. i went over i was introduced to him by my cousin who i set the business up with who'd, who'd been growing hemp in the uk for quite a long time and had met you know howard marks had met sam the skunk man and met all these cool people uh, and he introduced me to sam and so i went over to Amsterdam and picked up i think it was something like 16 kilos of seeds as a 23 year old <laughs> Got really stoned oh. and then picked them up. Eventually found his house. I couldn't understand all the Dutch road names. And he kept on telling me. I was a bit whipped. <laughs> Took me a while to get there. And then I picked up this bag. And then I had to get to the airport and went very nervously through the airport with a massive holdall full of seeds. <laughs> um, made it home, started packaging them all up. And yeah, so for a couple of years, we just had his varieties. And then we took on a Mexican sativa from another American guy. Then these African varieties, because we really liked the, the the kind of African land race and we wanted to have land race, genuine land race varieties. And then, yeah, like I said, the low rider and then the low rider really made us some good money. And then we started looking at uh, other seed banks and really growing into a much more diverse seed bank, taking on a lot of the big Dutch and Spanish seed banks, but also trying to look for smaller niche ones as well that um, we thought were interesting that held um 
yeah just interesting characteristics and and uh, and often a better way of doing things we picked up a lot of the dutch ones are, are good seed very good at their marketing but not always the most interesting so we try and always balance those kind of seed banks with smaller um yeah smaller smaller guys who who are doing well too and have mm-hmm. potentially more original stuff a lot of the time now you mentioned in there you picked up a mexican sativa now of course i'm in south us that's basically what we had for years that's all we got is there anything right. that that seasmen have that would be an accurate rec- representation of a good mexican sativa Oh, God, at the moment, uh, that's a typical. We, we have, and this is one area that I'm looking to build out a little bit. I'm just in uh-huh. talks again with a guy who I used to sell called Reeferman Genetics, um, who I'm quite keen to take on, who has a lot of those old school sativas. Uh-huh. Um, we have quite a few, uh, you would look under ACEDs seeds for good kind of more land races sativas. They don't have a Mexican one, but they've got a lot of other sativa varieties. And those are close to land race. They're not quite, they're what he calls P1, which I think is generally a kind of F1 variety crossing two different land races. Yeah. Um, but yeah, suddenly I would suggest looking at ACs. But I'll it's an it. area that has slipped off in interest a little bit in demand because a lot of people don't like some of the longer flowering times of the sativas. Although the original Mexican sativa that we had was actually very short flowering and would finish generally in September. But a lot of other sativas can be, you know, like haze varieties can be much longer flowering. And um, people don't like that so much these days. I don't know whether it's the effect or the, the flowering length or a combination. The flowering time is uh, always a big put off. Yeah. I think, especially for indoor growers, because, you know, energy bills. The, yeah. They, I mean, there's some people I know that don't like that, you know, sativa cerebral effect so much. And they prefer a bit more indica kind of um more stoned effect but yeah i guess it's a, probably a combination of yeah mm. and suddenly the flowering times we, we noticed a long time ago is those short flowering indicas were just gaining in popularity very quickly and then obviously the autos as well mm-hmm. yeah. okay i will definitely look at those seeds though i'll check out ace and see what they've got yeah check out check out a seeds and we've got some other american seed banks lined up that kind of go into that 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 realm a little bit that are um I can't remember what they're called because I, I got a guy in the office who deals with them. We've got some other varieties that like that coming. So, yeah, also mm-hmm. we've got a newsletter. Anything worth signing up to our newsletter, if you want news on on new genetics or new stuff we're releasing, sign up there as we release everything there. And generally we'll do kind of offers and promos as we bring things on. Fantastic. I, I am I am signed up to your newsletter. Actually, I'm signed up twice to get it to two different email addresses. So I'm well informed on those. I'll be looking for those. Great. Nice. Great. And if you ever have any suggestions or if any of your listeners have any suggestions of seed banks that they'd really like to see on or varieties they'd like to see on or have any questions for us, we really welcome communication from people that are buying from us, people that are not buying from us. We, you know, feedback for us is, is key to keep improving on what we're doing and what we're offering. We, we really relish interaction. Um, yeah. With growers, enthusiasts, with, with whatever. Got to get um, some of them monkey beans in there. That's what you got to do, Tom. <laughs> no, no. That's just... send, me the, send me the details. I know he's just a uh, monkey has been making some seeds for a while now. It's just his own thing. I don't think he wants to really get into that kind of thing just yet, but oh, maybe no. in the future he would. This oh, is good. just me playing around right now. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Well done. Uh, how long have you been doing that for then? 
Uh, just uh, less than a year, just just getting started in it. Well, I've done it previous to this, but I've just gotten started back this year. Brilliant. So I'm just just playing with it a little bit, learning a little bit more. I never really, uh, I never paid attention before. I just threw things together. So now I kind of want to start looking at cause and effect and maybe learn a little bit more about that. And, so and your, your, have you, are you kind of focusing on on what kind of traits are you looking for? Terpene and taste or THC or? Definitely terpene and taste. I, I'm definitely a flavor chaser when it comes to my weed. I, I can smoke twice as much of it. I don't have a problem with that, but it's mm -hmm. got to taste good. It's got to yeah. taste good. Quite right. Yeah. I mean, if the, some of these seeds bank would start a line, you know, the high terpene line, that's where I would shop. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. So no, they're, that's, they're all... that's something you should look into there, Tommy. Is, uh, so the we're terpenes, looking into man. that. And that's one of the mm. things with the COA is, is not just THC. I mean, obviously, THC levels can have sell things and inform people. But also, there's, there's so many people like Monkey who are looking for that terpene thing. So with the COAs as well, is highlighting when maybe it's, 15% THC or 18 that isn't something that's going to sell it, but it may have 3% terpenes or, or mm -hmm. two and a half or four or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. that's something that's really interesting to me, but it's, yeah, it's just having some, some proven data rather than just going, yeah, it's yeah. got loads of terpenes on it. Mm -hmm. um, um, is we want to show some, some, some credible kind of data, data, proven data behind that. Yeah. Do you have on Seedsman, like shopping by terpene do you do that kind of thing like people can we, we like, have one yeah, of the things street. we're looking okay. to bring on in the next six months i would say yeah because people love that the terpenes man well i mean maybe it's just a, a grower thing more than anything because as a grower you get abundance of cannabis you know you're not buying it gram to gram which can end up expensive so you you can smoke like monkey say you smoke two spliffs of some tasty ass weed instead of just one spliff of really strong weed yeah. So we, we get to look at our flavors a little bit more in the terpene production from a plant and appreciate that aspect of things. So I would say it's definitely a... No, it's certainly one, you know, because we've been working with a lot of um, uh, seed producers in, in Europe, it's less easy to get the testing done over here, although we do have access mm -hmm. to one, possibly two laboratories. As we move, oh, we're starting to shimmy over a little bit to US production, that becomes a whole load easier. Nice. Um and again, we're working with the guys at Atlas are producing some varieties for us. They have access to testing and and are very good at, at, at picking up all the terpenes in the field. Actually, they do some big pheno hunts. Nice. See, things are changing now the USA is in the game. And as more and more gets legalized out there, then it's just going to get easier and yeah, easier. Yeah, it, it, it's suddenly... So we one of the guys we work with, although we're not working directly as a breeder yet, he's a plant scientist and he's got a license to grow in a university in Illinois um but yeah you know you're able to do things to just such a better level when mm -hmm. previously a lot of seeds were produced cloak and dagger and kind of mm -hmm. slightly hidden um in attics and basements and all sorts is now people are doing it in universities yeah. in big open yeah. fields jorge cervantes for example has been with another of our suppliers uh humboldt seed company who are a great mm -hmm. seed bank um and they've been growing out hundreds of plants for a pheno hunt and and jorge has just been over there on the pheno hunt so they got together a big group of friends and experts and they've been uh, testing and smelling and sniffing and smoking a load of buds in the field um to really pick up on you know find those really unique things and to do that you need to be doing things on scale mm -hmm. which was one of the advantages originally of working with sam the skunk man is he had had uh, a license back in the day so he was able to grow you know ten thousand plants out of the time and with that 
you've got a really amazing sample to do pheno hunts with. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you may find in 10,000, you've got three or four plants that are just completely unique or completely different or completely um, just the terpene levels completely supersede any of the others. But you need mm-hmm. or, or your best to do that at scale if you're doing it in the field. If this other guy we're working with, he's got a license in um, uh, in a university, uses a technique called mutagenesis. Um, they're very science-backed breeders, a group called Trilogy in Seeds. And they're able to look at, at that within the laboratory without growing all these things out um, by looking at, at molecular markers and the like um, and using yeah mutagenesis, which is where you use techniques that brings out all the kind of different mutations, potentially in varieties. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And, and, mm. and he, he used to work with soya plants um, but the point with soya plants and any mainstream crops is because they've been working openly with these plants for so long that the the improvements they can do to them are so minuscule um, that it's really hard. Whereas something like cannabis that hasn't been worked on openly in universities by plant scientists and botanists, um, the potential advancements are, are actually pretty huge compared to most plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, man. So Good yeah, there should be some really interesting done. developments and really interesting varieties coming out of the US in the next few years, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what will be interesting is is just how they're sold and what IP protection and things like that goes around them. Yeah, yeah, um, it's understandable, but also a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that is a big concern for all many people who make their own strains. It, it just so easily can just be grown by somebody else. Seeds get made and. And then, you know, you don't own any rights to that specific yeah. cannabis. I mean, at the moment, there's obviously no rights to the to varieties anyway. And everyone's kind of um, copying each other's or borrowing from each other's genetics. If you look at agricultural models, there are kind of breeders' rights and things. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a really difficult thing to do. But um, and, and God knows what the best way of doing it. I do think that mm-hmm. there are some arguments that people have put in lots of time and money should have some rights as long as i don't know as long as they're fair and don't supersede others i don't know it's a really difficult thing yeah Uh, yeah. but otherwise you do just get so many people just copying and knocking things off or using the name when they haven't even got the seeds or or whatever it it Mm. needs tidying up a little bit in my opinion Mm -hmm. let's hope them changes come in the future but you you we seen you a few months ago again earlier this year you was working with Jorge Cervantes in releasing his new book digitally yeah. online where we grow cannabis is there going to be any more projects like that coming up in the future for Seasman? uh I hope so Jorge's been an old friend of mine for for uh for a long time um we nearly worked together I think in about 2019 and then he got diverted by another project in Colombia he was working with a licensed company down there Cool. Um, and then I think that ended and he moved back. He lives in Barcelona. And so we mm-hmm. kind of got back in touch and he said, I want to do this book, but I, I want to give something back to the, the, the community. Um, do you want to release it on your site and help me build, build, you know, my name up as well as, you know, share information. And we're like, great. Yeah. You know, we'd love to, one of the biggest mm-hmm. kind of cannabis influencers and educators that's been, um yeah. probably the biggest i mean he's certainly the yeah, biggest best-selling author um mm-hmm. we were really excited by that dr gary yates who was on our team or is on our team still but like i said sadly leaving 
um, was involved in that book. He did all of the kind of scientific side and um, Jorge is a journalist and an expert grower, but he's not always so up to date on the science. And obviously that changes and develops and Gary is a PhD plant geneticist and plant scientist. So he helped mm-hmm. bring that book on a, a bit as well. Um, like I said, Gary won't be working with us, but he's, well, he will be working with us. He's just not working full time for us. And yeah, we, we hope to continue and develop that relationship with Jorge. The book's being translated, I think, into mm-hmm. a few different languages. And yeah, we want to build on that book and I think turn it into a bit of a kind of grow Wikipedia style um, thing. So that, you know, there's so many expert growers and there's not always one way of doing something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and it's important for everyone to share them. As you guys know, you've got a forum. Is sharing yeah. of information is... It's crucial and, and and really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And Jorge's a legend, man. He's been on the show loads of times. He's a good friend of the show. We when we was at Spanabis, we met Jorge in the Seedsman stand, you know? Yes. yes. And, yeah. Good guy, man. Good guy. He's great. I mean, he's he's just one of those really nice people, very easy to get on with. Mm-hmm. Um, no airs and graces. Um, he just wants, you know, what's best for for, for growers and for the industry. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think proves that time and time again with, with how friendly he is to everyone that operates in it. He does a lot of uh, a lot of interviews, gets involved with a lot of projects. Um, yeah, uh, we love him. He's just yeah. a really nice, easy legend. person. And actually, no ego, which for legends mm-hmm. is unusual. <laughs> yeah, he really yeah. doesn't know how fucking important he is for the community. You know, we yeah, just, I mean, we, we've had week. so many people, you know, at shows and things come up to us. It's, the only reason I'm still doing this is I read your book the first time I did it. And I had a successful experience. Uh, you know, if I if I failed that first time, I wouldn't be doing this. My life would be mm-hmm. completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get we used to get that the whole time, everywhere we went. Yeah, and he I would just be him, so gracious, gracious yeah, about it. We were just telling him the other day on Saturday when we spoke to him, it's like, yeah, you know, I started doing this shit because of him when I seen the VHS tapes with Jorge with the dreads on and the beret. And the sunglasses, yeah, yeah. remember that? All back in the day. He's so been where in the was he, was he so still many. in the US Maybe. when he spoke to him, or he just got back home? Uh, yeah, he was still in the US. He was leaving on Monday. So he right. was that yesterday? He left yesterday. He's probably just uh, arriving back I home. Think he's just sleeping got back, now. Yeah. yeah. Cool guy, man. I like Jorge. But, you know, the, yeah. the cannabis community in general, so many good people make up this community. There the are so many. We have good to be cloak there. and dagger, you know? There's. Been cloak- there's- Sorry. Yeah, we. I mean, we love all the people. We we used to get involved a bit in in donate donating money to kind of cannabis activists and things, and we did find that there was quite a lot of infighting in all mm, of those groups. Mm, so we mm. stepped back from that. You know, we, we one of the reasons we set up season was to help fund the promotion of legalization. Um, and then uh, you know there were so many different groups who just didn't get on. It just became. I mean, we were kind of our job was always to be friends with everybody and not. Yeah. To, have any uh, you know any problems but there was so many in so much infighting we eventually kind of stepped back and just thought right let's just make sure we're selling seeds to the best of our ability because we can't help these people if they're all just going to fight the whole time yeah it's stupidness isn't it yeah when we all have one goal in mind mm-hmm. but we just fracture off because of some minor differences of opinion here and there it's like what can you do, man? Yeah, so you you have to. The best thing to do is step away from it and not be involved in people like. Yeah, that. that's what we we had to do because it was going to be otherwise detrimental to our brand, detrimental mm-hmm. to our mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wanted to see progress, and there has been some progress. It's been pretty slow. Um, I think to a degree, fairly unattractive. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we would like to see 
um, if there was legalization, something akin to the kind of model for producing wine, where you have lots of yep. smaller producers doing it on a kind of grassroots level with a passion, some bigger producers who do more mass scale stuff, but people who really know their product um, and and will always kind of praise it, but room for lots of lots of different people rather than a kind of tobacco like model where you've got three, four big international yeah. companies who just completely take over and ruin it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think it will get there in time. It's just going to be a long time. Mm-hmm. As long as we get there, I suppose it'll be all right. But just got to keep doing it what we're be, doing. I guess the place yeah. to watch for us in, in, well, not that we're in Europe, but we're close enough to it, is what's happening in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the biggest economy in Europe is is legalizing. Um and that'll be the place to watch. And I, I would yeah. imagine once they've done it and if they have similar results to places like Canada, it'll only be a matter of time before others do as well. Yeah. What do you think about UK? You think we'll do it soon? <laughs> uh, I don't think um I don't think I don't think the Tories have the bull well, they're not gonna be in power for much longer. Keir Starmer apparently is not interested. Mm-hmm. Um maybe the Liberal Democrats will get boosted back in the vote and who knows um yeah you know there's there's a lot more companies with licenses coming through mm. there's not so many medical patients so how all these companies are going to work entirely i'm a little bit skeptical um you know it will come eventually it's it's moving in the right direction albeit you know pretty slow slowly yeah so what's the future for Seedsman? What's the plans? You you getting into the USA and you got the so we're, we're set up in the USA and, and that's the largest part of our market at the moment. We are also operating a bit in South Africa, but on a wholesale level, but we're going to have hopefully Seedsman down there as well shortly. Um, and then otherwise, it's just continual improvements to, to, to process, to information on the website, to the varieties we offer and 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 how they perform and and keep just striving to do things better and better and keep offering interesting new products to to all levels of of, of gardeners nice yeah man it's very good and it's good for you to come on the show and chat to us for like an hour and a half now you've been here as well i'm sure you're very busy because you run a pretty big seed bank you know so well, i appreciate you coming really out and spending time with us. any of these things for a long time and i'm just starting to get out there a little bit more um nice. now that we've sorted out some of the problems we're keen to kind of make clear to to clients and we did have quite a few people that stopped buying from us because they they had had issues with the website not with the product All right. um, and we're just keen to be back out there promoting ourselves promoting what we do and trying to get raise the standards within the industry as a whole really and trying mm-hmm. to we get things tested properly is trying to encourage other people to get them tested properly so that we just keep improving the whole industry for for everyone nice well, I, I just just thought of a question that our listeners might be interested in because we've just coming off of, of an outdoor season and we're again seeing people fighting bud rot what is a strain that seasman has that would be great for these outdoor guys that is very resistant to bud rot we generally will recommend either growing um fast or early varieties because that'll generally reduce your your uh, exposure um to the wetter periods but otherwise look at seed banks like atlas seed again who are who are look who are really breeding this in and doing selection based on 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 mold resistance um people that are growing out producing seeds outdoors and doing a lot of their testing outdoors and so yeah check out the atlas seed range is what we'd recommend uh, uh 
and or fine varieties that will finish early September. Nice. There you go. We always had that question and now we have an answer. Yeah, that's a really important one and one that keeps coming up more and more. And I think there will be um, some big developments in that area. I know a lot of breeders are starting to focus on that increasingly, especially those that are focused more on kind of outdoor cultivation. And mm -hmm. Atlas, I think their motto is... Um, bred for agriculture. So they're really looking at people that are growing at scale outdoors. And so those kind of that characteristic trait of mold resistance is, is super important for them. Mm -hmm. Great. That's a good, good answer. answer. Good and answer. they're going to be on your show soon because I'm going to get them on. So nice. you can talk to me more about them <laughs> very soon. Sounds like a plan, man. And just one more question before we let you go. Uh, yes. Well, two more because we also need to refer people where to go. But uh, Australia, uh, you got any plans to get into Australia? Because they have a lot of trouble getting seeds out there. So we had we had been selling there for a while, and it, yeah, it was getting problematic. We're expecting mm -hmm. them to change their law quite soon. Okay. Um, we have some good friends down there who have licenses in New in New Zealand, and also are operating kind of grow shops and and the like down there. They tell me a change to the law for cultivation is likely to happen quite soon. Cool. Um, now, with that, um, Australia, New Zealand are, are, have very high biosecurity standards. So when you're mm -hmm. sending seeds there legitimately, they have very stringent testing for phytosanitary, so plant health. So when I talked about phytosanitary earlier, that getting seeds into the US, they just have to have a visual inspection and to clear that to show that they're not don't have large amounts of soil or other um, other particles with the seeds with um so that's a really quite easy test if you've cleaned the seeds properly with australia and new zealand they have to be tested for lots of different pests and pathogens that they don't want entering the country um we are that's quite difficult to do from the uk and from spain but it's mm. easier to do from the us so we should be able to export um to australia if those laws change and have all the seeds tested to the right standards from the us so it's suddenly a market that we're keen to explore mm -hmm. um but just trying to bide our time is we got a bit bored of selling seeds to people who weren't getting them it's it's not yeah. a thankful yeah. process it's a struggle man to struggle getting seeds into australia for sure and we have a lot of australian listeners so you you know we just, yes we i mean i'd love to say i had something to help them now now mm -hmm. but i don't um because yeah like i said we, we just don't like selling things to people that aren't we're not confident are going to arrive mm -hmm. um so yeah i keep pushing for a law change there's obviously medical cannabis is legal there or i believe quite hard to access but i i think there's this big argument now for to allow for domestic cultivation and that's what really needs to be pushed through yeah that's it then and then the last question of course is where can people go and find more about seedsman so uh, seedsman.com, quite simple. Nice and easy. <laughs> S-M-A-N.com. Um, we also kind of live on all of the, well, Facebook. I think it's Seedsman Seeds. Or um, I also have an Instagram if anyone needs to, you know, has a problem and they're not getting through to customer service, which shouldn't happen. Tom underscore Seedsman, I can be followed at or contacted on. But yeah, seedsman.com is the way in sight. And as you go in, you'll just be asked to select your country. And that'll take you to the to the local warehouse and what we stop there. Nice. 
That's so cool, man. And, you know, as, as we said, we rate Seedsman very highly and we recommend a lot of people go over there and get their beans from Seedsman because it's all good shit, good company, man. And we appreciate everything you do for the community and what you've done for Percy's Grow Room as well, the grow-ups that you run and the prizes that you give away and stuff like that. We appreciate you, man. And we also appreciate you being here and talking to us on the show. Well, and likewise, the appreciation is entirely mutual. We've we've had a really good relationship with you guys. Um, and I'm yeah, really grateful for the time you've given me on here to to kind of talk about what we've been doing for the last 21 years and, and the direction we're going on in the future. Thank nice, you. Man. And if you ever want to come back, Tom, the seat's always open to you, mate. Just give us a show and we'll get it all organized. I would love to do that, and 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 yeah, send me your list of breeders. I'd love to help you um help you get whoever you want on on board, and and, and awesome. yeah, talking in a similar vein to to myself. Nice one, yes. man. Nice time. Wicked. Thanks Thank so you very much. much, man. We'll speak soon. I'll be. Yeah. I'll send an email with a list and stuff. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I look forward to that. Nice to meet you, monkey. Nice. Thank you, Tom. Nice to meet you too. Cheers. See you later, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. Everybody wave. Everybody wave. Uh, And there we go, everybody. That was the interview with Tom from Seedsman. It was a real good interview. I enjoyed speaking to Tom, and I'm sure we will be doing it again sometime in the future. There's also going to be more grow-offs from Seedsman over at percysgrowroom.com. And don't forget to check out that Diet Durban with the THCV in it as well. If anybody is growing that or plans to grow it in the future, then don't forget to start a diary over at percysgrowroom.com so we can see how the grow goes. It looks like a real cool strain, man, and I'm looking forward to trying it myself. But anyway, as usual, thank you to you guys for being here, for downloading the show. We appreciate every single download. So thank you, as always, for being here and supporting the show the way that you do. Uh, if you can support the show a little bit extra by becoming a Patreon, that is appreciated. But we do just appreciate you guys just being here, downloading and listening to the episode. Thank you, as always, for being here. And we'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides. See you then. Goodbye.